0: Good morning! This is Wednesday, the something or other of May. I think it's the 15th, maybe. Um, This is GM Huffin' and Puffin climbing the hill, talking about games mastering, and wheezing practically every other step because I'm a big fat bloke. Anyway. That's the intro to my show, whatever this show is. Hope you enjoy whatever today's topic is. Today's topic as I approach the bus stop. Pick the topic, think about it on the bus, and then talk about it when I get off. The control. Control how much control players have about the world. None of us really actually have control of our our situation. Um, If we do, we probably wouldn't be role-playing. A lot of people role-play because it gives them more control, or it gives them a sense of control, or more abilities for control. We don't like where our lives are going and who we are and what we're doing. And we'd like the opportunity to be something different and do something different. So we get to play as a, somebody else, temporarily, in a world that's a little less strict with the rules, you can take your gear, sling it in your backpack and, and walk off and do something else, and deal with the day-to-day, like not deal with the day-to-day, because most people don't deal with the day-to-day when it comes to role-playing, and that's the topic I'm going to discuss. So the topic control is not so much about how much narrative control that players have in the game. That's a different topic altogether. I'm talking about character control. As a level one, you really should be letting your players feel the lack of control they have in their lives so that as they progress and they get better at uh, leveling up or gaining more skills or equipment. you are showing them uh, more control over their lives as they progress with their characters you are sort of handing over the reins to their characters now a lot of standard trope style games mastering might start off with well you're a bunch of level ones and you're in a town and there's not much to do and the tavern keeper says that maybe there's some work at the mercenaries guild and... You can go over to them and they're like, well, yeah, you're a bunch of nobodies, you need to prove yourself, so uh, how about you just go out into the forest and survive for a night, you know, prove, show us your worth, you know. Now that sometimes might be a bounty on the heads of uh, goblins, for example, or that's a, a classic trope I've seen some sort of bounty on a local nuisance creature which just constantly crops up from time to time having the uh, having the players go out and uh, what's that, N- Nugrimna I think it's called or something, one of the anime episodes a group of people wake up in a strange place don't quite remember why they're there they quickly find out that what they need to do is you know equip themselves and go and kill goblins and and claim the um claim the reward before they can level up and it uses a very anime level of class assisting abc and s and something like that i think it was or maybe i'm confusing with the one punch man or something anyway um the point being is that as your players start off with a very limited scope in choice of what they can do, they progress, they come back, they prove themselves, oh you guys survived did you? Okay well maybe you're worth going out to old lady McCreary's farm and taking care of that squid thing that lives in her basement. Or, are oh, you level fives. Oh, you know there is a talk of a town nearby, over a couple of hills. There's a cultist movement starting there. There's a bounty on their head for a few hundred gold. Oh, you guys are level tens. Well, you know someone needs to lead the army against the undead. There's a necromancer with an army of ten thousand undead. You guys can take care of that, right? Oh. Sorry about that interruption, sometimes this Anchor podcast system is a little bit unintuitive as to what to do when you get a phone call or when something happens. Anyway, so I was talking about player control, the uh, concept that players should have less control over their lives. And they're, when they're low-level characters, and more control over their lives, and that also should come into the um, the future of their lives as well. The aspects that aren't necessarily their own control, in the sense that people around them, their social structure, their social groups, knowing their knowing them, is a is a powerful thing. I mean. How many times have we gone into life thinking, man, I can't do much here, I can't. If someone threatens me, I'm I'm screwed. I've got no recourse. I've got no... I have to put up with it, right? But if we have a lawyer friend, we can call and say, hey, dude, am I getting screwed here? Yeah, you're getting screwed. You should do something about that. Oh, okay. And then you go back and, hey, my lawyer friend said... Maybe you don't say lawyer friend, maybe you just say, my lawyer says X, Y, Z. Then the other person goes, oh crap, lawyer. Well this is going to make things expensive, I better do the right thing. So that little bit of clout that your social networks are going to have as a result of your level means that if you have a local shopkeeper, a local bartender, a local um, weapon smith blacksmith or a local uh, mercenaries guild or anything like this any kind of organization your characters belong to will by not by default by extension of you have more powerful uh, more more power in what they do and say when a, uh, uh, a member of the mercenaries guild He's out there, and his client is going to pay him—not going to pay him for his work done, or not pay him the full price. So, well, you know, I belong to uh, the Mercenaries Guild of the Iron Fist, and they're like, "Yeah, so what?" Go, yeah, well, you know that the Iron Fist happens to have Krugnar the Barbarian as one of their main members, and if I if I need to, I have a bit of sway. I can get Krugnar over here to sort this out. Now that's going to have an effect upon the sway, the political clout, that's what I was looking for, the word, clout, that you'll have as a result of your association. So the characters might be approached by groups who want that clout. Maybe as the heroes arrive in town and they look pretty powerful and maybe they get into a tavern brawl and beat everybody up. Maybe some group comes to them and says, Hey, we saw what you did at that tavern brawl, or we've heard about your exploits. Oh, you're the guys that took out the necromancer at the tomb of Al-Qatar. Oh, that is awesome. How would you like to have free room and board every time you come to town? Um, And, you know, I find it a personal favour if you just let people know this is where you stay. You know? (laughs) Stay at my tavern for free. If there's, uh, no one's going to want to have a tavern brawl when you're all around, because you guys will win. And, uh, that, that, that is, and then more people want to come stay here as well, because they'll know, ah, oh, this is the tavern where, where the uh, warriors of Zanth stay. I want to stay in your tavern. Yeah, that's a good tavern. And then the next time the players turn up, the players will see that the tavern's made some improvements maybe, or spent a bit of cash on making the place look nice, improving the clientele you know, this kind of follow-on effect. This is where the whole hub rules for the Dungeon World system uh, original Dungeon World, not the new one my original 1992 Dungeon World system used this hub system that allows players to establish these um, contacts and locations in their hometown, or not necessarily hometown, whatever town they want to set it up in and each time they return on an adventure the prestige that they have from their adventure completion follows on to the hub and the hub levels up there's a set of rules that show how the association of the adventurers will lead to further job opportunities and things like this and this is all based on this reality of control. How much control and influence we have over our lives has an influence on the effect, the follow on effect that uh, clout on everyone else's lives around us. And as characters, why not benefit from it? Take the role of the Games Master away. So that he doesn't have to track all those numbers and do all the maths and do it separately individually and hide it even have the players do it as a character the players make the decisions obviously they're going to make decisions in the right way but with a few random charts and a couple of special events you can balance things out so that's the whole point of it the whole point of having this realistic world around you to make the game more fun get back to town and catch up with a bartender who's your mate and he tells you he's hired new staff and one of the staff members happens to be a wizard's apprentice and they'd like to train under your main wizard and then three years down the track the main wizard dies in battle and oh you've got a replacement character who's already halfway to a new level and you know their name and what spells they're learning and all this stuff everything balances out makes it far more interesting for the long term Okay, I'm going to sign off on this one today I've uh, had a bit of trouble recording it with issues so I just want to close it off have a good day, hope you enjoyed